Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Tough Saturday for me this weekend, Lucky. As I, uh, I lost the Johnny Walker class. Oh, I saw the uh, the video presentation. Yeah. Now, that, that little statue, I we had found that little statue, like up in Muskoka a few summers back. I said, oh, this is perfect. So we bought it, and uh, it, it lived at Doug Elliott's house for the first year. Then I won last year, and uh, and this is the third year, so Doug has reclaimed the trophy. And I'm telling you something, I'm sure I heard that trophy crying a little bit when it left my house. <laughs> no, that was you. Well, <laughs> no, your I was, wallet. <laughs> I was crying at the LCBO when I had to go buy a bottle of Johnny Walker. Yeah, so this, uh, this challenge between the two of you, yeah. uh, born out of... Uh, Frustration, competition. Somebody, probably me, when I'd had one too many beers on the course, said, "Here's a good idea." Right. Um, and so basically, it's Doug Elliott and me, and uh, he steps back to the uh, the tips, and I step forward to the reds. Okay. So he does a step back from the normal gold uh, tee box All at right. Stonehenge, and I will tell you that uh, on Saturday, uh, up until the ninth hole. And a hot dog and a second beer. I think that's what did me in. <laughs> we were tied. And at one point, I think I was even up two strokes. Wow. And then lost by like seven strokes. Uh-oh. In the back nine. Yeah. I My pitching wedge went uh, went poo-poo on me. And uh, my drives were great. The putting fell apart. Uh, I was pretty good with the putting early on. Right. A lot of lost balls in the scenario. Didn't lose one ball. I actually playing you the lost same. without losing a ball. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought I was proud of that. Well, no, I. Well, I mean, the not losing a ball, I guess, is impressive. <laughs> the losing <laughs> while still not losing a ball. You know, there are some questions. You know what it is, and this is this is the game. So, and I think that even if uh, you and I, if if you were to join us in this Johnny Walker Classic, um, it's it's all you know, pitching and and putting, and so I. I can't get the ball as far as you and Doug, but when we're all up around uh, the green, right. we're somewhere in the vicinity where you're starting to pull out the pitching wedge. Well, that's the mental side of it there. Well, this is the thing. You know, can you handle the pressure? Yeah. And and uh, and you I fold, start, apparently. I, I, uh, <laughs> well, you know what? I felt like I didn't really fold. Even though I lost by seven strokes, I felt like I had a decent game. Right. It was like Did this, you feel like you were in it right until the end? No, no, by about uh I think by about hole 13 or so I knew it was probably over unless Doug collapsed. Cuz you're usually ready to quit. Yeah, I was seven focused. Or eight holes in. I, I was I was focused. But you know, you take a couple of like there was a couple of moments with the pitching wedge where it turned on me and the ball went to the left instead of right. straight and I had a couple of those and were there uh, were there scoring disputes along the no. way? No, actually we had uh, women keeping us honest. Okay. Uh, I did not even get involved. I said to uh, to the lovely Maria, I don't even want to know my score. I mean, it helps that you didn't lose a ball because now you're into, not into the penalty stroke right. situation. Right. And Dougie did have to take a couple of penalties. He had to drop uh, one or two times. But, yeah, we were, you know, we were both hovering around, like, five and six and seven on most holes. Right. And uh, then, yeah, by the end, he was, like, on the back, he was, like, five and four, and I was, like, six and seven. So, hmm. Yeah, it fell apart. But I, I got big plans for next year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, All right. I'm going to just give you a bottle of Johnny Walker. <laughs> you can go play against Doug and I'll stay home. If you uh, find yourself 
uh, addicted to uh, highly processed food. Ultra processed food is what it's actually called. UPFs. Okay. Uh, things like ice cream and potato chips. Ooh. And you find yourself just not being able to shake that addiction. Right. Well, research shows that ice cream and potato chips can be as addictive as cocaine or heroin. Oh, Lord. Yeah. That's I, gonna, I was hoping you were going to say they're good for you. No. Oh, Ooh, they're anything but yeah, chips, ice cream, soft drinks, sugary uh, cereals, all junk foods, basically. Mm. One in seven of us worldwide are addicted. Addicted? To uh, junk food. I would say the, the soft drinks. You know, you look at the Coke, Diet mm. Coke, especially some Diet Coke and Diet Pepsi drinkers. Yeah. Like, basically addicted to it. Can't start a day without one. Yeah, I um, I will usually have a, like a Coke with lunch, and I do love a, a nice cold Coke over ice. And there are some foods, like as much as I love my beers, like I can't have like a fast food burger and fries at home, like if I do takeout. Mm-hmm. Can't have a beer with it. Need a Coke. Right. A Coke just washes a burger and fries down. Uh-huh. It's like having mac and cheese. I like a glass of milk with mac and cheese. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and I never drink milk. I haven't since I was a kid. But yeah. with that mac, or even a grilled cheese sandwich, I like a glass of milk. A glass a- of milk? Mm. You like a pour a full glass yeah. of milk? Yeah, down it. <laughs> <laughs> Along with my grilled cheese and ketchup and pickle. <laughs> you squirting chocolate sauce in there and stirring it around too? <laughs> no, but I, I would like a chocolate milk. Actually, we were out having a breakfast Sunday morning and table beside us ordered a chocolate milk and I said, oh my gosh, that looks good. But I had a Caesar. So that was <laughs> oh, the adult chocolate milk. Yeah, it's a breakfast beverage. Um, so junk food gives you a nice shot of uh, dopamine, the feel-good hormone, uh, and then you uh, just eventually crave more and more. And it's the same feeling you get with uh, strong, hard drugs. I guess, though, you can get over ice cream because, you know, you're not buying it behind a dumpster. <laughs> well, if you're looking for deals on it, yeah, <laughs> that's, just, that's tougher to sell on the street. One expert compared trying to uh, quit smoking back when everybody smoked to uh, giving up the junk food. Wow. Yeah. It's weird for me because I do eat a lot of it during the week, but on the weekends I don't seem to touch it because I think my sleep pattern is different. Okay. So because I'm up so early during the week and I don't eat till I get home, and that's when I start putting all sorts of bad food in my mouth. Right. But when I sleep in on the weekends, I get up and I'll have a cup of tea and lead a normal adult life. Mm. I'm better at not buying it now. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, I'll just <laughs> – the problem is that with, with the kids in the house, it tends to turn up. Uh, oh, things yeah. like ice cream and, and potato chips. Yeah. And when they're in the house, I have a hard time holding back. Maria and I will always uh, debate this because she'll buy stuff whenever she sees it on sale, knowing full well that we'll need it eventually. Yes. So I'm like, like crackers and chips and all of this stuff, whereas I don't, like with grocery shopping, anything, I just buy what I need for that day. But if she's like, she's like breadcrumbs on sale, she'll buy them knowing full well we're going to need them or whatever. Right. Uh, and then so, ah, but I see that as a waste of money because she's out dropping 80 bucks on just crap we really don't need. <laughs> you know, it's somewhat like an addiction. I've realized now that like, like the, the bag of chips, I don't know if the size has changed or is my ability to eat them. But the regular-sized bag of chips that you'll buy at the grocery the store. family size? Not even the family. Oh, like okay. If you go lower than the family, right. it might as well be like the Halloween pack at right. this point. <laughs> you, you, By the time you open it up, 
Mm-hmm. Like, and I love ruffles. By the time I open up that bag and put my hand in and throw some into a bowl, that's three quarters of the bag gone. Maybe your hand's just gotten bigger. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely it has uh, since I was a kid in eating these things. Yeah. But unless I'm buying a bag from Costco, it doesn't last for a few days. This is why I go with the cheese puffs. I'm telling you, it's a whole new game in the snack department because it seems to me you get a lot more cheese puffs in the bag. Costco sells a thing of cheese puffs. I saw it there the other day, and it looks like a vending machine. Beautiful. (laughs) It's the size of a plastic jar, the size of a vending machine. Yeah. I don't need that in my life. <laughs> I really don't need that. That'll get you, I'll get you that in a couple of bottles of that hot sauce. You want to kill me. That's what you're trying to do. <laughs> what is, try an experiment. A, a study found that female frogs play dead to avoid sexual advances from their male frogs. <laughs> well, there's something the lovely Maria and frogs have in common. Well, Suzanne Summers passed away. She was 76 years old. She had been battling breast cancer for like 26 years. Wow. A day before her 77th birthday, That's too. That's right. Today. Yeah, yeah. And uh, had been married to the same man, Alan Hamill, since the late 70s. Of course, if you don't remember her, you probably remember her uh, if you're of a certain age. You'd remember her, of course, from Three's Company, and she was Chrissy Snow. And there was uh, John Ritter and Joyce DeWitt in that show. And I think now even the Ropers, the, the couple that played the owners of the building they lived in, I and even Jack Tripper, who was played by John Ritter, I think even his best friend in the show, Larry something or other, I think they're all dead. Like, Joyce DeWitt is the last. Oh. She won that. That battle. Last one standing. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Susan Summers was also known for a show called Step by Step, and uh, she was in uh, American Graffiti. She was the blonde in the T-Bird, and that's kind of how she got her start. Her story uh, after Three's Company, I mean, they really threw her under a bus when she was looking for a pay raise when her contract was up, but nobody had to lose any sleep for Suzanne Summers because that thigh master right. made her 300 million dollars are you kidding yeah and she said i could crack walnuts with my thighs (laughs) (laughs) and i dreamed of that often (laughs) i was a fan yeah she had a it was basically like a tv infomercial yeah right yeah and a thigh master which was uh, like a giant spring that you just squeeze between your knees yep i mean there's a lot more to the package of Suzanne Summers than just the, the this thigh master. Yeah. But yet, uh, it sold a few, I guess. She sold millions of them for $19.99. Really? Uh, yeah, $300 million worth of them. Like you can't get one on eBay right now for less than 70 bucks. So really? I don't know whether or not there's been a, a an impact in the last day or 24 Probably. hours. Probably. Probably. Uh, Netflix is decided to get into the uh, store business. They're going to actually have brick-and-mortar stores called Netflix House. The hell do you get at Netflix House? Uh, they're going to offer retail, dining, and live entertainment related to Netflix shows and movies. Oh. What a kick in the crotch to Blockbuster, huh? I mean, Netflix <laughs> crushed them. Imagine if they started selling or renting DVDs. <laughs> Come on in, get your free popcorn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and browse. Uh, there will be two opening in unannounced cities in 2025, and then they're hoping to expand to major cities around the world. I wonder if, like Blockbuster, you could just go in and argue. (laughs) 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 The decision to rent a, a DVD and which one you're going to rent. 
And, and you'd end up walking out. The brilliance of it, you'd walk out with three or four of them. Yeah. Because no one could decide on the one that they were going to rent or it wouldn't be available at the time. Oh, and just, you know, when you think back to it, you could have bought the movie for cheaper than, because by the time you paid your late fees and everything else, <laughs> you're into about 28, 30 bucks. And there was such thing as a rewind fee too. With the VHS fees. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Tom Cruise doesn't allow his likeness to be used on any merchandise. So even though he's one of the biggest action movie stars in history, you will not find like a Maverick character or an Ethan Hunt character or anything. Really? Yeah, even in Minority uh, Report, he uh, the video game, the main character was given blonde hair. Shorter than Tom's in the movie to avoid any similarity. So I, I don't know why. Maybe he feels like he can't control that and he could get ripped off. I would think so. I think I think once you go down that route, once you open that door, then the knockoffs mm. start coming. Yeah. I mean, does he need the cash from it? I Likely don't think so. No. no. No, I don't think so. Listen, Suzanne Summers made $300 million <laughs> with a fine master. <laughs> so I think Tom has done just fine. And Paul McCartney was on some podcast and again, whoever was interviewing for this podcast brought up Yoko Ono in her presence in Beatles recording sessions. Like at this point, if I was him, first of all, I'd just be saying no to all interviews and podcasts. Right. Yeah. Or I'd at least have in my thing, do not bring it. I want to talk about what I'm doing now. Mm. Sure, we can mention the Beatles, of course. But would we have to go back to this well all the time? Yeah. I mean, he says, yes, it was disruptive, but John loved her. And what were we going to do? We weren't, we, we, none of us wanted to be confrontational about it. So it is what it is. Was it a disturbance? Yes, it was a problem. But I don't know. Like, how do we, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Whatever you're doing with, with your buddies at that point, mm-hmm. or even at your job, if, if one person is bringing their wife to yeah. everything, it's got to be distracting. Oh, it's like when we, uh, when we had uh, the uh, kids come to work day. Right. And I haven't seen, well, maybe because of COVID and all that, we just haven't witnessed that in a, in a while. But, yeah, it would even bug me when I'd see, you know, coworkers bringing their kids in to our studio and then asking me not to swear. Okay, I'm not going to their private school and cursing them out. Right. But if they're coming into my workspace, mm. they're going to hear some things. Right. Well, yeah, and, and it'd be interesting to know what, well, you'd never know, but the influence that she had. Mm. You know, on John's decision making through that time, right? If things took a little more peace and love in his mind rather than what he was going for before, it just whether or not it had some creative difference. Did you watch any of the Let It Be? I watched like the first uh, hour or so, and then got bored. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought it was brilliant the whole way through. And what you see from beginning to end is that it looks like. John and Paul were really getting along. Like, it mm-hmm. was their band. Yeah. Ringo, George, of course, hugely important. But it was the Paul and John show. And she really looks like she's just sitting there knitting most of the time. He barely even speaks to her. And and Linda McCartney is there as well. And I think even with one of their kids. Mm. So it's not like Paul was innocent in all of this. I right. mean, maybe he thought, well, John's got his girlfriend in, so I'll bring in my family. But there was moments when they were still joking together and getting along. And, you know, I, this was either the second last album or, or I think so. And then, of course, I think it was more money matters that, that broke them up in the end. But. Mm. They look, they look like they were fine and having a good time in the studio. Many people said he was drugged out, John Lennon at the time, and struggling with addiction, but he, he seemed, he if, seemed fine. If anything, it just proves how long the creative process takes. Mm. 
behind the scenes of all of it. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the amazing part about that Let It Be is that they had the footage at all. Right. Right. Because right. it wasn't like the cell phone age where you had cameras around all the time. Like they were literally filming all of this and had all of this dead tape just sitting there for yeah. years and years. But, you know, they didn't just, <laughs> although they were two minute songs, they didn't take 20 minutes to write. It, it takes a long time to go through the process. But in all actuality, that whole, because that was the theme of that movie is uh, the documentary is that it was all done in a month. Yeah. Like they started, let it be. Right. Like January 4th and they had it completed by February 1st or whatever. It mm-hmm. was, so, and then you just, when you watch the whole thing, you see how Paul started the song let it be right and, you know figured it out over that month it really was i think they got it down to like a, there's a 90 minute or a two hour version perfect yeah <laughs> but then they, that whole thing is about i think nine to ten hours now that the colder weather has arrived i'm back to wearing my boots now not my winter boots just okay. kind of a casual boot all right are you going to slip on, a tie on, a tie up it's a, it's a slip on boot your knee high uh, docks close <laughs> I, I wear a boot similar to Kiss in the mid seventies. <laughs> Platform, yeah, that's right. Need the height. So uh, uh, I, I always struggle getting the slide on boots on because you're pulling them up and I'm grabbing the uh, the ankle and they're falling off before I can get my foot don't in. They have them. a little tab there to pull. Yeah, it doesn't seem to work. Okay, I don't know. And 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 the lovely Maria always hears me grunting and groaning and complaining in the hallway when I'm trying to leave. And so uh, she had had enough. And she went and she grabbed a shoehorn and stuck it in my hand and said, use this from now on. I'm tired of hearing you complain. Right. Now, I've seen the shoehorn in the house. The long, like one of the it's a long like two ones. feet long, yeah. I'd like to meet the person who invented this shoehorn and shake their hand, although they're probably dead because the shoehorn, I think, has been around for a very long time. Uh, not, not a new device, no. No, not at all. Somebody's sitting on a gazillion dollars because of that thing. <laughs> Anyhow, game changer. Unbelievable how easy it is for me to put my boots on now. Look at you. And I know it's a little thing, but sometimes those little things we gotta be happy with. This is, it's the small little steps in life that make things easier. <laughs> that make the day more pleasant. Maybe you got a shoehorn or something. That's right. <laughs> shoehorn is in. <laughs> I, uh. Oh, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, he's the best. You had Pete Davidson giving him the oh, shout out. I saw that, yeah. And his uh, stand up on SNL. Anyhow, yeah, I, uh, so I got up this morning, and I showered, I got ready for work, and I stood there straight as an arrow in my hallway, shoehorn in my boot, heel in, shoehorn out. I could not believe how, I was beside myself. I, I just want to... waking up Maria by grunting, trying no, to put your boots help on. Help me put my boots on. I, I, I'm going to go home today, and I'm just going to stand in the hallway, boot on, boot off, boot on, boot off. <laughs> Unbelievable. What what did you think that device did? No idea. <laughs> you think you had like a drink luge or something sitting at the front door? I don't know what a screwdriver, a hammer, or a saw does. <laughs> Barely understand the concept of the steak knife. But uh, I, I had seen Maria use the shoehorn. But I, I don't know. Whenever it came to me, I'd either forget about the shoehorn or I just I was just used to struggling. Lucky my life is a struggle. Right. From beginning to end. So I just thought, well, this is another struggle I've got. Mm. But no more. I'm not sure we have a shoehorn in our house. Oh, you need. You're getting one for Christmas. My parents have one. It it seems it's it's a bit old school. One's coming your way for Christmas. Right. Yeah. And well, I mean, I've pretty must. much gone to the slip-on shoe as well. Yeah. Not quite to the, the geriatric version, like 
specifically designed for slipping on. But even if I have like shoes with laces, I usually have them loosened so that I can just slide the shoe on. I'm going to make you a bet that there is somewhere in your house a shoehorn. Yeah, I I can't find, I couldn't uh, point it out right now, but you might be right. I'm sure Adrienne has something for her boots. Yeah, because she's probably, like most people, got a wide variety of shoes. Right. And uh, sometimes, certainly if you're, uh, you know, if you're in a dress and even with a suit, like, you know, sometimes when you're all done up in a suit and then bending over and putting on your shoes and tying up the laces, everything's getting wrinkled and messed up. Oh, I know. Well, that's what, again, I buy slip-on shoes yeah. for for these purposes. I avoid laces at all costs. In fact, if the, I'm getting to the point now, if there's a sock horn, I could use that. <laughs> bending over to get those on is starting to be an issue. A nice blue suit with a brown pair of Skechers. It's the way to go. <laughs> For Wild Fork and Whitby, good morning, Ted. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Lucky. Morning, Ted. How are you? I'm doing all right. Doing our, all right. Our pally Ted was at the theater on the weekend. Oh, taking, excuse me. Yes, Mr. Fancy Pants taking in a little theater with his bride. How was that? It was a lot of fun. We were down in, uh, in Niagara-on-the-Lake and went to the Shaw Festival and caught uh, a little play, Shadow of a Doubt. It was great. Nice. Nice to get a little culture, good time. Yeah, perfect, lovely. Um, Wild Fork in Whitby is our uh, new sponsor, and I was just on their website. And, Ted, it's endless. Like, they have got um, food bundles for, like, breakfast or burger bundles. They've got, of course, beef and chicken. And they've got uh, winter recipes as we're heading into that direction. And they've got vegetarian options, desserts, a bakery, the whole deal. It's, uh, It's very impressive at Wild Fork. And I thought, well, this will be fun. I'll just randomly go through their massive variety of food. I'll pick a meat. I'll throw it at you. And then you just tell us how to cook it. Sound good? Yeah, it sounds like I'm I'm walking into a trap. But it sounds like a delicious time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let me sure, give the sure. all right. Let's give the wild word, uh, wild fork uh, wheel a spin, all and right. we land on the. Eye of round fast fry boneless beef. What would we do from Wild Fork with the eye of round fast fry boneless? Well, it, it's telling you, eye around is a lean cut of meat, mm-hmm. and uh, it's very tender, but it's lean, so you don't want to overcook it. And a fast fry, uh, it tells you exactly what you should be doing with it. It's a hot, fast, quick cook. So a little salt and pepper. Or a little seasoning rub on there, whatever you like, and then into a pan, give it a quick, uh, quick sear on both sides, and you're pretty much done. Slap it on a sandwich, and you're making a tasty piece of uh, uh, breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Oh, all right, uh, all right. All right let you me can also th- take that same cut and uh, leave out the fry part, and head to your grill, fire up your grill, get it nice and hot, and on and off it goes. All right, this might be along the same lines, but I, I would probably have steered clear in the past because I've never cooked it before, but a, a boneless pork belly steak. Ooh. Oh, a boneless pork belly steak. Yeah. Take a, take well, a second, Ted. Take a second. Well, you know, a pork belly steak is, uh, you know, I really wish I had the, the, their website, wildfork.ca, in front of me. But <laughs> It's uh, great, I by the way. Free delivery on that. your first order. Is that yeah, true? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
we use them at the joint actually for our uh, our Angus brisket. Oh, okay, and, very good. Yeah, so there you go. So pork belly steak. So a pork belly steak to me uh, sounds like we can be doing that, uh, cooking it similar to uh, a steak and putting it on your grill, season it up, and cook it that way, direct until it's crispy on both sides and tender. You could probably also braise this cut of meat um, in a little bit of liquid, nice, so it just uh, uh, you know gets uh, melt in your mouth kind of pork like that with mm. a pork belly. From the look of their website, Ted, it it almost looks like you're cooking ribs without the bone, like like it, like a boneless rib back is what it looks like. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, then it then it may uh, if it's if well when they say steak to me the the term steak means let's do that pretty quick on the grill right, right? like a beef steak similar uh, method but I'd have to take a closer look at that but yeah you know hmm. like I said you're throwing me into the pit here <laughs> wow you're doing great Ted now I did notice too on on their website that they have of course Korean ribs and they've got uh, um you got your uh, Kansas City ribs your St Louis ribs. Uh, is there a massive wide variety? Like, what's the difference between a St. Louis rib, a Kansas City rib, and a Korean rib? Well, uh, a Korean rib, what if, if um, it, to me, is uh, is a beef short rib that's cut about a quarter inch thick, and then you grill those uh, hot and fast on your grill. You can also do them in a pan, but uh, I would traditionally I would take that to the grill. Okay. Um, and then you're you're talking the other two ribs are a pork rib. There's oh. the back rib, which comes from the back of the pig, and those are sought to be very tender and and meaty. And then you have uh, the the St. Louis rib, which is a center cut side rib. So the side rib has what's called a, a breastbone and a hard bone in there. And that's usually trimmed off, and you take out this center portion, and you end up with a St. Louis cut or a center cut uh, side rib. Okay. We use center cuts up at the joint, and uh, they're they're a little fattier than a back rib, but I think the the St. Louis cut rib is the most delicious rib going. Mm-hmm. Is it all just in the, yeah. outside of the cut of meat? Is there also it's just to do with seasoning and that type of stuff? Well, it, it, the Kansas City could have a Kansas City. If it's a fully cooked product, it would have a Kansas City rub on it. Okay. Um, and that's that's essentially it. Now, you can determine how you want to cook those ribs. Um, at the joint, we would smoke those ribs. We would use a method uh, 321, which is about three hours of smoke. Then you wrap it. You give it two hours in the wrap, and then uh, you finish it off on the grill. And you're you're looking at your three, two, one there, but it varies depending on how thick the ribs are and the number of racks you're trying to do. So don't just hold it to that. I'm really intri- really intrigued by Wild Fork too, and they've got so many products, not only in terms of the proteins, but things that go along with it too. And it seems mm-hmm. like they really specialize in in uh, in finishing butters, which uh, right along my alley. Drop a big. <laughs> <laughs> dollop of butter on top of something at the end. It's but heaven. I, but I guess that's it. You, you you cook your protein and you you throw these finishing, whether it's you know rosemary, garlic, or lemon herb on top of it. Mm. Cowboy butter is one of their specialties. It sounds awesome. Yeah, a little compound butter is a great way to finish a steak or or a chop or a chicken breast. Uh, you can even take that compound butter and you could stuff it inside a chicken breast mm. or under the skin. See? And, you know, you get lots of flavor from that, and uh, it, it's tasty. Wild Fork has a huge variety of products in there. 
you really you can you can peruse through the website but it's best to take a trip over off of to Taunton Road there in Whitby and go into the store and walk through the store and see all of the variety that's there and then pick a few different cuts and, and check them out, take them home. And you might have a Ted Reader sighting at Wild <laughs> Right. You might bump into them. You might them. have a Ted Reader sighting, yes. Yes. It'd be very scary. <laughs> You'll be at, you know, we're you, coming up on Halloween. You could bump into them at the Wild Fork, at the Joint, at the Theater in uh, in uh, beautiful Niagara-on-the-Lake. Teddy's all about the town. Teddy, if people want to talk to you about grilling or the theater, perhaps people have questions about the theater they'd like to ask you about. How do they get a hold of you, Ted? Ah, you're going to find me at Ted Grills or tedreader.com. Check me out. Rock Mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.